Welcome to Adventures of a 20-something podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of navigating life in your 20s. This is a podcast for all the other self-discoverers, all the other people in the pursuit of purpose, all the other 20-somethings not sure what the heck they want to do with their life. So let's figure it out together with your host, a 23-year-old in a continual transition state of life herself, Ariana Sweetnich. Hey, 20-somethings. Today, our special guest will be one of my oldest and dearest friends, Chloe. Listen in if you'd like to hear about her thoughts over making a career shift and how to have the courage to make that change for yourself. And now, here's Chloe. Hi, everyone. I'm here with my friend, Chloe. Um, Chloe, can you just give a brief introduction about like who you are, how old you are, what you do right now in life? Yeah, well, so I'm Chloe. I'm 24 years old. I currently live in Santa Cruz. Um, California. California, yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. I moved here about two months ago, Mm -hmm. three months ago. Oh my gosh, wow. Coming up on three months. Um, I work for a private company that is contracted by PG&E, which is Pacific Gas and Electric. They're in a lot of trouble right now. I'm sure they've been in the news a lot. Um, I... What do you do for them? I am what is called a consulting utility forester. So what I do is um, I go out and I patrol the power lines up in the mountains and um, the high transmission power lines. So the ones that if you touch, you'll fry, basically. So it's dangerous. Pretty dangerous, yeah. Um, And what I do is I go and... I prescribe tree prunings for um, the vegetation that's around it. So I technically work for what's called the Vegetation Ma- Management Department of PG&E. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's such a high fire threat area in California, they're really specific about what it is that you have to do to the trees. And like specific trees, you have to trim like way more than other ones because, for, for instance, like eucalyptus trees, mm-hmm. very flammable. So basically what you do is you work for PG&E to make sure that trees in the area are not a fire hazard. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. And do you enjoy that line of work? Mm-hmm. I'll say that I enjoy being outside and there are moments where I see things that not a lot of people get to see. Mm-hmm. And so it does make me appreciate it in that sense where I'm walking out in the redwoods all day and I see like 20 banana slugs that some people never get to see in their entire lives. And I get to see really cool fungi. So, and that's really cool. Like for instance, there's this one, a mushroom that's, um, it's called jack-o'-lantern mushroom and it glows in the dark wow. and it's bright orange. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's super cool. So, so you get to see some cool stuff like that, but uh, most of the time I do not enjoy it because it, as a woman, I don't, feel safe going out there by yourself in the mountains no yeah. not at all I'm I'm constantly checking over my shoulder looking around and seeing if there's anybody around me mm-hmm. um, because when you're out there it's the most dangerous thing that you can come across is another person rather than like an animal or something I mean also mountain lions that's a big thing but mm. to make sure that you're not out there by dusk because that's when mountain lions come out but one of my Coworkers got stalked by mountain lion. Wow. Yeah. So it's 
So I'll say that the the physical threats definitely outweigh the, the, the momentary time. Yeah, the momentary benefits that I have, where I realize how beautiful it is in the places that I am. So you're at a crossroads now, and you're trying to figure out what to do next, right? Absolutely, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. So. <laughs> Exciting place to be at. <laughs> yeah. You know, close the door, open, or what is it? One close the window. Closes, one, the other door opens. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so, you've decided that, because you studied, what did you study in college? Environmental science. And you decided, you decided that you no longer want to pursue a career in that field? Yes. Um, unfortunately, I have realized that my path, the one that I thought was what I was meant for, is not something that's going to make me happy. And right now I'm really struggling with accepting that. How did you realize it? I, what I thought that I wanted to do when I was in college was be outside and be around plants and trees all day. And that's what I'm doing now, and it makes me lonely. Mm. I don't, I'm realizing that my interactions with humans are way more important to me than my interactions with plants. Interesting. And what was so beneficial to me about my relationship with plants was that I, that's where I thought that I derived all my energy from, and not all of my energy, but a huge amount of it is my relationship with nature. and when I had that idea, um, I was surrounded by my friends all the time. Mm. And so I had both. Mm. And now I'm not surrounded by my friends all the time, but I'm surrounded by plants all the time. Mm -hmm. And to me, and right now I'm realizing that's not enough to make me happy. Yeah, well it's also interesting because you before went into nature for fun, right? And now you go into nature as your job. And a lot of times, once you turn something you love into something that is making you money, it often loses what you originally loved about it. Yeah, totally. So what are you thinking now? Um, it's hard. What are your anxieties, immediate and future? Um... Well, my mom always said this, and this is what comes to mind when I'm when I have to think about that question. Is she always says you have to be able to take care of yourself apart from a man. Yes, you cannot right. rely on someone else to give you your livelihood mm-hmm. and not give it to you, but provide it for you. Because somewhere down the line, what if it doesn't work out? Sure. You have to have a set of skills that makes you capable of surviving on your own. Mm-hmm. And right now, my, I think about healthcare, that is, and, and, and it's really frustrating that I'm thinking about something so logistical in terms of what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life and what I'm gonna do that makes me happy. I'm thinking about something like healthcare, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of people think about that when they're trying to make decisions. They're looking at um, security and rationality, 
rather than something that might be fulfilling but scary and an unknown path. Yeah, well, and this is this is a reason why there are so few small businesses in America is because healthcare is so expensive. Mm. You and a lot of times people go corporate because they need to provide for their family. They need to be able to get healthcare as a benefit of their like as part of their benefits package. Sure. Because if you own your own business, you have to provide healthcare for yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, something that I want to do is own my own business. I don't I don't want to work for someone else. Have you talked to other business owners? Yes, because when I was living in St. Croix, that's all anybody does is they own their own business. So those business owners that you talked to had a hard time paying for their health insurance? I don't know. I guess I haven't directly talked to them about health insurance, but um, my aunt owns her own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and she struggled a lot. Like, my grandparents still support her. Mm. And that worries me mm-hmm. about and I was listening I was listening to a podcast on Science Friday on NPR mm-hmm. the other day and this it was a female astronaut and she was up in space and she was talking to a bunch of kids and she was saying she, they, whoever was doing the interview said do you have anything that you want to tell these kids and she said without a doubt the first thing that came out of her mouth was if you set your mind to something you will achieve it if you work hard enough for it it's not going to happen just like that, you're gonna have to work, work, work for it. Because when I was a kid, what I wanted to do is I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to go out into space and here I am, I'm doing it. And so it's, I, you, I always have to think back to that mindset that you have to work for the things that you want. But mm-hmm. if you work hard enough and you envision it happening. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And. I remember in volleyball, because I, I played volleyball in college, they, the coach would always say, okay, when someone serve receive, right? serve receive is a really hard, is a really hard ball to pass, and he would always say, envision the perfect pass. Before it happens, just envision it. And nine out of 10 times when I do that, it would be a perfect pass. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Yeah. 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 It does help so much. Yeah, it does. Mm. And so that's something that I have to, Keep reminding myself of maybe you can look at your life and envision a perfect life for yourself and then work your way backwards that's a really good <laughs> that's a really good point yeah yeah what would a perfect life look like and it doesn't have to be job wise it can just be like i wake up every morning and i make myself a cup of coffee and i you know what would it look like to you? A, well, ideal life, I guess, because there is no such thing as a perfect life. Sure, your ideal life. My, my ideal life is, is a life where I have the space and time to do, the, do things slowly. And... I know that sounds really abstract, but it makes sense. It because this is why I get up two hours before I have to go to work every morning is because I need time to do stuff in the morning. I need 
I need at least three times as much time as most people need in the morning to do the things that I need to do because I I was tested for ADHD. I guess I have ADHD, yeah. and it is I need a lot of space to sort of de-energize and make room in my mind for the things that it is that I need to do. And if I wake up and just go out of the house immediately, I'm frazzled all day. And I need to like cook myself a big breakfast. I need to journal every morning. I need to make my cup of tea and have it like 20 minutes before I make my breakfast, you know, so I can enjoy my cup of tea. It's just... That's good that you can make yourself wake up two hours before because I have that also where I need a lot of time or else I'm frazzled throughout the rest of my day. But sleepy me is like, no, no. you don't need that. I <laughs> <laughs> just snooze and snooze and snooze until it's noon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's good. That's good that you have that skill and the knowledge of yourself that you need that time in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, do you... Okay, so a life where you can do things slowly. Yeah. Why would that make you happy or fulfilled? Because you have time to notice things that are happening around you. Mm. And I've noticed that in the way that I live my life now, I don't notice anything. This is in recent, okay, so recently I decided to work my way into being vegan. So I'm a vegetarian now and um, I never even eat really dairy products, but um, it was because I, w- I recognized that I was not being intentional in anything that I did, and that freaked me out. So you're trying to be intentional with your food? Yes, in something that is habitual. You mm. do, I eat three times a day. Eating is a huge part of my life because I need to eat a lot, mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't being intentional about the things that I was putting into my body and it and yes health is a thing is was part of it but it was more my mental health rather than my physical health that made me decide to stop eating meat and eventually like butter that's basically all like the dairy that I eat why do you feel like you need to or why do you why do you want to go slowly towards veganism slowly rather than no just what, what makes you want to go vegan because, okay, A, because I'm an environmentalist. Okay. That pretty, I mean, the dairy industry, the beef industry, all of that, horrible for the environment, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, so you're doing it for environmental I'm, reasons. Yeah, I'm doing it for a lot of reasons. Okay. Um, and I am already habitual in my exercise that I do. Like, I go to yoga every day. That's my way of de-stressing from the day. Um that's very good. Yeah, it's it's hard to go because it's like a 20 minute drive to where I go to yoga and it's an hour and a half class and I'm back, so it's a huge chunk of my day. Mm-hmm. But I have to go, otherwise I will go crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, and that is the, that's, it's the hard part about having, a, I mean, I work from 7.30 to 3.30, but like, having an eight-hour job, a 40-hour week, is that your life is your job. Mm. And I had these ideas about when I graduated from college of what my life was going to look like and how how my 20s were going to be filled with adventure and, you know, like 
spontaneous love affairs and <laughs> crazy stuff that was gonna happen. And it's it it was that way for the first year, but then life happened, and you know I I had this sort of sense of responsibility that I wouldn't that wouldn't make me happy if I wasn't taking seriously. For instance, my dad getting sick mm. and coming home to be with him. What if he died and I was gone? Mm. And you were living in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. Yeah. Right, for that and year. I, yeah. And um, he got sick multiple times that I was gone. And then I went and traveled to Spain and he got really sick when I was there. And my sister was going to have a baby. And I thought this is, is what I b- thought that my life was going to look like in my 20s, is that more important than being there for my family? Mm. And that's something that I really, to this day, still struggle with, is that, like, am I giving up my dreams to be there for the people that I love, and will I eventually resent them for that? Mm. But So family is very important to you. Family is extremely important to me. Mm. And, like, yeah, one day I do want to have a family of my own, and that's that plays a big role in, like, how I view my life mm-hmm. and what I have to do now in order to sort of not ensure that that happens, but create, you know, sort of create room for the possibility. Sure. Um, and I, I know that so- it sounds pretty traditional, like that I want to have family, like I want to get married, I want to have kids. But at the same time, I'm struggling with, am I giving, like, what's more important, you know? Is my maybe unrealistic dreams of living on the other side of the world for X amount of years, like, am I giving that up in order to sort of, like, think about the logistical future? What is it about living on the other side of the world that it, like, why, what drives that? Why do you want to do that? Why is that your dream and your goal? Curiosity. Exploration. Exploration, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to see the things that I never would be able to see. Listening, meeting people that I would never be able to meet. Mm-hmm. And once you have a family, you don't think you can do that? No, I... Not necessarily. I When I was in St. Croix, I met this family. They are traveling. They sold their house. It was husband and wife and two little kids. They'd sold their house and they've been traveling the world together for two years on the earnings that they made from selling their house. Mm-hmm. And their kids weren't old enough to go to school yet. And so they were just, they were along the ride. And St. Croix was just one spot. And they had this, they had, they had a whole Instagram page about their kids, like so-and-so traveling the world. Cute. Yeah, it was cute. And so I met them and that was really inspiring. Because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, you know, people still do that. Anything is possible. So the idea of building your today based on your possible tomorrow is very unstable, I guess, if that makes sense. Because you can't determine what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. No way that you can know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. So you have to live every day for that specific day. Yeah. And this is... Big reason why I'm probably going to quit my job tomorrow is because I don't want to. I'm so proud of you. I don't wanna, <laughs> I'm not proud of you because I'm against employment or whatever, but I'm proud of you for, like, listening 
to your inner voice that tells you this job is not right for me, it's not making me happy, it's taking away from my life rather than adding to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's a cliche to say this, but yeah, life is too short in order to worry about, or just to, I don't know, for some reason just something as mundane as going to work every day in a job that you hate, I don't want that to be me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really bossing up and just sort of doing it, you know. Bossing up, putting on your big girl pants. Yeah, I'm putting on my big girl pants and quitting my big girl job. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that can be scary, but it can also be liberating, I think. What are your um, fears moving forward? Um, The unknown. Mm-hmm. I don't, and you know, I'll, you know, there's just tangible fears like how am I gonna make money? Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's easily fixable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that we put too much importance on money as well, because I think that should be like a secondary thought, if that makes sense. And I know yeah. that's a very privileged thing to say. Money should be a secondary thought, but. If you're doing a job just based on your the amount of money you're making, it doesn't seem like you're picking it. This sounds very judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Um, the money won't make you happy ultimately, and so. Um, and I'm not even making much money. I'm making barely above minimum wage. I think what I'm trying to say is your first thought shouldn't be how much is the job going to make me. Your first thought should be, will this job make me happy and help me grow and learn and excite me? Yeah. And that was one thing that I was really freaked out about was that I felt stagnant. Mm-hmm. I felt, I, I do feel stagnant in this job. Yeah. Because I feel, like I said, I feel like I've turned into the cliche. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it's exactly what you thought you wanted to be doing, but it's not. And it's not. And it's okay to recognize that you can change your mind. Yeah. You can change your mind every single day if you want to. Change your mind. Yeah. It's okay to change your mind and it's okay to be okay with changing your mind. Yeah. <laughs> because they know that you were worrying about oh, I just studied this major. I can't, like, waste that away. It's not wasted. It's um, just a new chapter. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I'm really happy that I listened to my professors who told me not to go to grad school immediately because they said, you do not know that this is what you want to do. You might get out into the world and realize that this is so polar opposite to what you thought you wanted to do. Yeah, nothing can compare to life experience. Exactly. Yeah, it's a totally different ballgame when you're sitting in a classroom listening to someone talk about it Mm -hmm. rather than when you're out there doing it. Yeah, exactly. But you're someone who enjoys the the academic life, right? I do enjoy the academic life. I do not excel in the academic life. (laughs) So there, and, you know, there are parts of me that don't like the academic life because I don't excel in it, Mm. but there are parts of me that enjoy it because it's challenging. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and something that's easy is never really that fun. Um, what makes you think that you need to excel in an academic life in order 
to continue in one? Um, well, you know, the obvious things were if I didn't do well in school, am I going to get into another school? There's there are the actual physical roadblocks of will I be able to actually get in and be able to study some, something somewhere mm-hmm. based on how I did in my last academic experience. But um, there isn't really anything that should be holding me back other than that. And, you know, the idea of having to pay off student loans for the next, like, 20, 10 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> for something you're not even sure about. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. That's why I didn't go directly into grad school either, is because I have no idea what I want to do. Yeah. I have no idea what I wanted to study. Like, I have interests, and, but it, like, for something like higher education, like graduate school, you have to have a very specific interests. Um, yes. Because you're going to be doing a lot of whatever it is that you choose. You're going to become specialized in that field, and you sure as hell better like it. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that is probably going to be your path. Yeah. It's hard to change your mind when you're halfway through grad school. And $50,000 in debt. Yes. <laughs> you're allowed to still, so, but it's hard. But it's, yeah, there's a lot more weighing on that decision than there is in an undergrad. Yes. And that's the other thing we were talking about, right, is that right now we're at a position where, like, we have so many options that it's kind of overwhelming. You can kind of do yeah. whatever you want with your life because you don't have a family yet. You're not responsible for anyone other than yourself. You can go anywhere be anything, do anything that you want. And so that, like, those plethora of options kind of make you more stuck because you don't know which option to go with. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I was experiencing as well. It's a fear, and it's a most, like, physical manifestation of being petrified. (laughs) You know, (laughs) You can't move because yeah. you're so overwhelmed and afraid of all of the possibilities that are in front of you. Yes. Which sounds backwards, you know? That it does, but it, but it also, I don't know. I think that a lot of people struggle with it and then we, we, we think that we're not allowed to voice it because it's not legitimate enough. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's something that a lot it's, of 20- uh, No, it's true. No, it's something that a, that a lot of 20-somethings are going through. So it's a very relevant thing to talk about. Um, that those feelings are real and legitimate and and to have self-compassion for, your, for those feelings. And yeah. Not just to judge yourself for it yeah I know it's it's definitely a different uh, <laughs> it's different than a lot of your other podcasts where people are like I love my life <laughs> this is great <laughs> yeah we're getting real <laughs> yeah we're into the core of it and that life doesn't turn out the way that you think it's going to sure or just because your life looks like one way to someone on the outside, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily what's happening on the inside. Yeah. And we're being real. And we're saying in this episode that it's okay to hate your job. It's okay <laughs> to hate your life. And it's okay <laughs> to want to make changes. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you have to honor yourself if that's what we were talking about, I think, earlier. <sighs> Choosing, of, like, the he- what the head wants and what the heart wants. Mm-hmm. And how your life so far has been your head making most of the, the decisions. Yeah. And how your heart might be the thing that you actually need to start using more of. Yeah, I've been really making my heart take the back seat on this one a lot of the times, and it's not very happy. Yeah. Yeah. My brain isn't as smart as I think it is. <laughs> no, our minds are pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. The root of all our problems is our mind. You know, because we don't listen. As humans, we out we outthink our intuition mm-hmm. and our instinct. Mm-hmm. And your instinct is so often spot on. Yep. And you know you ask you 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 all think it, and mm-hmm. a lot of times you're wrong. Mm-hmm. We think we're smarter than that, but we're not. Than our animal instinct, we're not. Mm. Also, our I feel like our ego is something that holds us back from listening to our heart because we're scared about what other people will think of us if we pursue something that we're actually wanting to pursue that might be different from what the world has seen so far. Yeah. I think a really good example of that is the the rhythm guitarist for Queen. The what? A rhythm guitarist for Queen. Mm -hmm. He was an astrophysicist. Mm -hmm. And then he joined a band, Mm -hmm. which was Queen. Mm know yeah and apparently his dad said he's like you're never gonna make it how dare you give up all of your education what are you doing with your life blah 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 blah. and then he's in one of the greatest bands in history mm-hmm. you know yeah and he listened to because he listened to his heart he wanted to do music and he was very successful at it a big thank you to chloe ainley for joining us on adventures of a 20 something thank you to all the other listeners as well If you liked this episode, you can rate it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you are using. Keep listening in for more fun with some 20-somethings to come. Thank you.